And welcome back to another episode of Millennial Manhood. This is your host, Yavit Sadurjevic. And today I've got the uh, distinct honor of having Matt Blinko in, in the office with me to, to record. Matt, give a, give a little background, an introduction to, to the folks listening. Thanks, man. Yeah. Um, so uh, my name is Matt Blinko. I'm 32, uh, co-founder of Project 615, uh, graphic designer by trade, um, entrepreneur, uh, recently just launched my second retail um, endeavor, uh, Relic Vintage. So, yeah, just really enjoy uh, the creative process of entrepreneurship and all the challenges that happen in those uh, startups. Awesome. And, you know, you're probably most well known for your involvement in Project 615, and you've got these other entrepreneurial ventures that you're participating in. Um, Tell us, tell us a little bit about the story about how you and your friends started Project 615 and really the mission behind it and, and uh, what led you guys to take on such a challenging endeavor and the success you found from it. Yeah, for sure. So um, Project 615 was definitely uh, had divine inspiration from the beginning. Um, my good friend Derek and Evans, Derek Evans and I, we, uh, we went to... Um, on a mission trip to Skid Row, um, we were a part of the mission trip leaving from uh, Brownwood Baptist Church here in Nashville. I didn't even live in Nashville at the time, but we both felt called to go on this mission trip. Um, when we were there, we kind of just saw the, you know, the plight of those in homelessness on Skid Row in L.A., which is about five to ten blocks of people just living on the streets, living in tents, um, somewhat permanently at this point. And, um, our hearts were just really broken and, um, we were just really challenged as, um, as Christians, we were challenged as, you know, as men on how to take action, how to give back. Um, so we were, uh, staying with a local church there called set free church. And they were the ones who were kind of doing the ministry down there on Skid Row. And they have a specific ministry to reach men where they'll go down to Skid Row uh, right in the middle of L.A. and pick up homeless guys and um, just say, hey, do you want to change your life? And so they offer, especially <laughs> men, like they'll take them out to what they call the ranch out about an hour, hour and a half east of L.A., um, you know, into the desert, uh, very stripped down living situation, allow them a chance to sober up for a few days, allow them a chance to get into a very disciplined um, regiment of biblical training of just um, an opportunity for them to like clear their mind. Um, so, you know, that sort of model really resonated with Derek and I, and we also, um, we really, uh, we were able to like rub shoulders and hear different stories of the volunteers. A lot of the men um, who came in and speak and led Bible studies with Set Free, and a lot of them were successful businessmen, um, which was inspiring to us. Um, which I think at that time we wanted to start our own business, and I think uh, God kind of planted a seed in us that you could kind of group like ministry and business together. And, uh, 
I would say it was divine because we didn't have the language to call it a social enterprise, but you know, um, you know, out of that, we felt called like actually like on the spot on the trip to start a business that sells t-shirts to help the homeless. So we didn't really know the details, but, um, we kind of just took action from there and we knew, we knew that set free the ministry that uh, we were staying with was starting up in Nashville. So we wanted to be a supportive arm for them when we came back to Nashville. Yeah. Wow. That's a powerful yeah. story. That, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's super cool. I, I mean, think about this and I know you and I have spoken about this earlier, but you went from a mission trip being impacted by just the plight of the homeless population and wanting to help them to having an idea really not even an idea, the skeleton of an idea to having mm. Carrie Underwood wearing your stuff on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> that's, that's one heck of a trajectory throughout eight years. Right. Yeah. I think, um, you know, we were very blessed to, um, you know, I think a lot of people think we've been around for two years, you know, yeah. um, in Nashville, you know, we've been around for eight years. Um, you know, like I always joke, you know, sometimes, for the first two years, we'd sell like one t-shirt a month, you know? Yeah. Um, and it, it wasn't easy and, you know, it wasn't always our main thing. We always, we always, um, knew we were selling t-shirts, but we had to do different things to, um, just pay the bills. A lot of times, you know, with random design jobs, we did a lot of custom order printing. Um, we had the screen print equipment. Uh, we weren't always just, printing hundreds of project 615 t-shirts every day, like maybe we are now. So, you know, it was definitely humble beginnings and, uh, yeah. (laughs) Well, and how many people does project 615 employ right now? Um, I'd say about right now we're probably around 10 full-time and 10 part-time. Okay. Yeah. And I I read read on y'all's website that you guys have donated around $400,000 total. Yes. I don't know if that's the updated number or not. It's at least on the one on the website. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, which is crazy to think about, but, um, yeah, a lot of that has been because of just our great customers, our great supporters, but, um, a lot of that donation money kind of happens through campaigns we do about for a year, um, where we'll pick a specific as a social enterprise, you know, where we, you know, basically that means we're a not, we're a for-profit that, uh, has a mission to give back. So what we do with that, uh, platform is we choose nonprofits, um, you know, usually, usually local, usually faith-based don't always have to be, but, um, we choose ones that kind of will want to kind of share the story with, with us. Um, or, you know, we're going to share their story. So if, the most recent campaign we did was um, for a children's home in Uganda with Project R12. So they're a, uh, a local couple here um, who started a ministry, and they're kind of the uh, they're here in Middle Tennessee, but their uh, operations happen there in Uganda, and they're giving different services there for um, just children and uh, orphans and women in need. But so through the platform of us both, we were able to set a goal of $25,000, you know, to build a children's home, which seems small, but your money goes so much farther in yeah. Africa. Yeah. So, um, that was exciting. And we were able to meet that goal. And, um, you know, 
I just love that we can, um, we can all do this together. Like if you buy a shirt, you're a part of the mission, you know, you're a part of helping us do this. And, um, I love being able to, as our project 6.5 platform grows that we can, um, help to hype up other nonprofits, you know? So yeah. I, I take a lot of pride in that. And, you know, they're, they're, uh, by their own right, project R12 is getting the word out. It's just exciting to come alongside them on this journey. And the day, the day after we raised the $25,000, they broke ground on the home. Wow. And I'm pretty sure the kids are moving in. There's like 12 orphan boys are moving into like kind of as we speak or, you know, not too long after. So that was incredible. Yeah. <laughs> so I love being able that we can share those pictures on our platform of the building being built, you know? I love that. Well, and and that really drives home something you mentioned a couple minutes ago is, you know, now you've helped open up this children's home and you've got these celebrities and you, you're you're a household name in Nashville. I mean, period. Everybody knows about Project 615. Yeah. I, I told my wife I was yeah. interviewing you and she was like, I'm super excited. I was like, you haven't been excited about anybody yet. So uh, yeah. that, that should tell you. But that's flattering. Yeah. But which is almost insulting to my friends who I've had on the podcast. Sorry, guys. But, you know, you, you just mentioned you were selling one one T-shirt a month at one point. OK. Yeah. OK. How Maybe. do you go? How do you go from selling one T-shirt a month and sticking with it, not yeah. quitting yeah. to now? So, so really focus on the persistence yeah, and the determination yeah. and the passion of that. Yeah. I'll kind of like highlight that a little bit. Um, so. Like I said, we started in 2010, so um, summer of 2010. So we're eight years uh, removed. But that time, I lived in—I actually lived in Owensboro, Kentucky. Um, thriving and, metropolis. Yeah, thriving met- metropolis. Um, that was my first job out of college after 28, uh, 2008. Uh, not a good, not a good time to uh, enter the job market. Um, so I was a graphic designer. I was starting at a small screen print shop um, and, um, you know, moved there, didn't know anybody. So that's why I stayed in contact with Derek two hours away in Nashville, you know, love to come to Nashville and hang. Um, and then an so, actual thriving metropolis. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, he, you know, he'd come up and hang in, uh, Owensboro sometimes and, but you know, yeah. not, not the same, uh, you know, fun to be had, but nevertheless. So when we went to the, on the mission trip, I actually lived in Kentucky, but when I came back, I was kind of mulling over moving to Nashville, but that like put me over the top. Like it was like this calling. And so to move would to be, make it real. Um, so I convinced, uh, my employer to let me, uh, work remotely. Okay. Um, so, you know, eight years ago, that wasn't as common, but you know, as graph designer, I was like, look, all I'm doing is designing and emails. We can make it happen. So did that moonlighted with project 615, but also, um, so project 615 is actually, um, a company underneath cannonball creative. That's our official name. So Derek and I just originally created this design, uh, company or like graphic design and creative services company. Um, and we, I always say that the joke, the, the hokey motto we had was make a splash with your visual identity, okay. so, <laughs> cannonball as in jumping yeah. in a pool. So, um, through that, you know, project six, one five was a small part of that, but we were like, Hey, here's what we're going to do. We're going to do, um, 
graphic design for music clients. And we're also going to, um, one crazy thing we, we thought we were, we thought we were geniuses. We're going to print a bunch of t-shirts for high school girls softball tournaments. But we we coordinated it all over the South. All right. You know, uh, Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, Kentucky were some of the main places we go. So we coordinate with (coughs) the uh, (laughs) high school girls softball directors. This is the time uh, when neon colors were super, you know, in. So like 2011? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 2011. So... We had our screen printing equipment and, you know, you can't just print one project, 615 shirt a month and pay the bills. So we're like, keep the presses running. So we were uh, printing up these t-shirts, you know, crazy hokey softball sayings. And we'd go and post up um, in, you know, mid-range towns all over the South um, and uh, sell these t-shirts. So... Uh, we were learning about basically the pop-ups, uh, how to do pop-ups, how to do, uh, you know, uh, you know, person to person sales, um, and also just hustling, you know, hustling to get by hustling to like be in the industry, even though we were basically kind of like one step removed from our passion, which was, you know, creating t-shirts, awesome, cool Nashville t-shirts that give back. But we were, you just had to keep the wheels turning, you know, Yeah. and uh, going after the dream, maybe not directly, a little bit indirectly, but also not keeping your eyes off what you really wanted to do, I think. And so, and that's what we were doing for about, I guess, we did that kind of model for two or three years. I do remember one big milestone for me personally was it would have been about, so it was almost a year when I moved to Nashville, 2011. Um, we did a big tournament up in Detroit, Michigan, and uh, that kind of put me or it was like a big financial bump for both of us. And so I said, look, three years, nine months paid off all my uh, I'm debt free student yeah. loans. I was like, this is my chance to basically make the jump to work for myself. Yep. So I quit my job that I was working remote with. And I'm like, I'm all in with. Project 615 slash Cannibal Creative. Yeah. So, splashing uh, away. Yeah, splashing away, making a splash. So, um, you know, from there, honestly, I don't, I don't know if I have a clear, I can't tell you a clear transition from like Cannonball is the main thing to Project 615. I think it was probably a three or four year transition. And a lot of it was kind of like failures with Cannonball Creative mm. or Cannonball Merger. You know, it's like, why are we driving all the way to Houston, Texas and using all this gas money and renting a big van? And at that time, we we're selling at cheerleading events. And, we're like, <laughs> and it's like, why are we like two dudes in our 20s at a cheerleading event? And like, we have to hear this annoying cheerleading music. And is this really what we want to do? And it's like, no, it's not. And then so sometimes those like mini failures can help like redirect or make you remember where your passion should be focused on. Yeah. But I was halfway (laughs) expecting for you to start telling me. And then we made a rap mixtape and we were out there hustling (laughs) that in the streets. Gosh, I love it, though. That pumps me up. Well, you know, uh, all those cheerleading um, tournaments, they have like that one minute like cut, like rap cut. And so like. 
we were probably one step away from like actually making those. You know, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> You're in Music City. You could have found yeah. somebody. I was like, I guarantee you, we're my office is for those that don't know, my office is right off Music Row. I guarantee you, there's a producer right down the road. We can we can holler at for that. Um, wow, that is super super cool. So you you mentioned something. You said hustling. I mean, def- I think we've lost the meaning of that word in our generation. Yeah. Uh, oh, I a hundred percent agree. Yeah. Define hustling. I mean, what did that mean? I'm talking about on your, uh, and my dad always talks about this and people who are longtime listeners of the podcast. know you can't go buy experience. You have to feel it on your own skin. Yeah. Define the experience of hustling. Well, I think hustling, yeah. <laughs> hustling is like, uh, propped up or even like, it's almost like bastardized or it's like, or demonized. Like, yeah. Or, yeah. Um, or it's just like, I guess maybe in like pop culture, rap culture, it's like, it's like you tell somebody you're hustling. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> so yeah. But what's like the, uh, you know, what's the, uh, the tangible yeah, action? What's behind that? Yeah. yeah. And so it's less about like telling people you're doing it and doing it. I mean, I think some other words relating are, are just like perseverance, determination, um, desire, and like that's kind of the root of hustling um but you know you just can't be i think you can't just mindlessly hustle um you know there has to be some substance there um it it should be you know kind of rooted in some something that you're passionate about or a means to an end you know i'm going to do this for a certain time because of this um you know i'm going to drive uber for you know, nine months because it's going to pay for this, you know? Um, so you can be, you can be thoughtful in your hustling, I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, we, we, Steven Richards is who introduced us and in his episode, he talked about driving Uber. Mm-hmm. So shout out Richards was folk. There yeah, we go. Yeah. Go, yeah. go to the, go to the Instagram. Well, you know what? I, I still drive Uber probably two or three times a month because it's a great networking tool. So I'm not, I'll, I'll tell you just, in that sense. So Uber is a great thing just for fun. And as a hustle. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Or like, Hey, you know, like I need a hundred dollars today. Like, yeah. Why not? I mean, so it's also keeps you humble too. I mean, I don't know. I mean, there's nothing wrong with driving Uber. Really. I think that's key. <laughs> yeah. But, but seriously, okay. You, you touched on something really important there. It keeps you humble. It would be really easy to get on social media and see all the celebrities that are plugging you. And, yeah. and the, the buzz that you guys have created and start thinking I'm something bigger than what I am yeah. and, um, something like Uber or something like, I'll, I always tell people, go volunteer your time, go give to people who, who mm-hmm. are less fortunate. Yeah. That does ground you. Uh huh. Yeah. I can kind of talk on that a little bit too. Like that kind of reminds, or that kind of strikes something with me about like, a lot of people, when they start something and they want to make waves, they are looking for that big break Yeah. or they're like, they're asking when it's going to happen or they're like, it's going to happen. Like the big break happened now, unless you're going to be on shark tank, it's probably not going to happen. Yeah. The shark tank effect. So for us, like, yes, like celebrities wear our shirts. Um, and so lady Gaga wore a shirt too. Yeah. Know? I saw that. And, um, uh, at that time, Derek and I were actually doing, we were in Ohio kind of doing some market research with some stores up there, but, um, we were like, oh my gosh, Lady Gaga is wearing the spread love shirt. And, you know, in your mind, you're like, we're going to sell like 3000 of these in like two minutes. 
but you know what? That's not reality. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it might happen, but you know, and then I get asked this, I've been asked this in other podcasts, like, you know, what was your big break? And I just don't think we had one yeah. and it, it can happen to other companies, but I don't think it happened to us. I always see it, see it as steps. Yeah. Um, and it's like, okay, Lady Gaga wore a shirt. There's a step. It's like, we print shirts for the Nashville Predators. You know, we, we, we've done this, like, uh, we've been featured on this blog. Um, you know, we've been able to raise a hundred thousand dollars for the Gatlinburg wildfires. You know, it's just a small step in the right direction. Um, and it kind of feels a little exponential growth in the past, you know, two years, but, um, I think it's, there's, our story is a lot more small steps towards success versus the big break. So, um, I think that keeps you humble too. And like you, you, and maybe you almost need to get excited. Like, Oh my gosh, this person wore a shirt. Yes. But you may be disappointed, but don't be discouraged. Just that help kind of helps you see like there is steps to this process, not just a breakthrough. Yeah. (laughs) I think the don't be discouraged part is crucial because I, I was talking to somebody and you know, you know my background, we're in my office right now. I mean, building up practice as a financial advisor, knowing zero people, I got crapped on a lot. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. People are just like, no, I'm not talking to you. I was like, all right, whatever. Failure. Yeah, yeah failure. Oh, yeah. And talk about getting humbled. Uh, you know, at at 22 or 23, when I started my practice to now, there is a there is definitely a maturity level I've had to reach because of the constant rejection I got for mm-hmm. years. Yeah. Um, so that's just something out of my own personal life that, that I think through in that capacity. But you, I feel like as a generation, we've almost lost that because we live for the Instagram like, yeah, and yeah. and the Facebook like, and and the the impact we make, and all these different things. And you mentioned this earlier when we were having breakfast that we've confused what passion really means, right? Yeah. So so elaborate a little bit on that because if you're truly passionate about something, those small hiccups won't stop you, right? Oh yeah, I totally agree. Um, yeah, I think yeah we were talking about passion, and I think. Um, so if you are passionate about something, the failures aren't going to slow you down or they may slow you down, but they won't stop you. And so, and that's kind of a true test for if you are passionate about something, I think. And, um, you know, for, for us, like we felt for one early on with project 615, it was a divine calling we were not only doing business, we were doing ministry with set free. We were, um, trying to do life with guys who are homeless. We were just hearing their stories. We were being present with them. Um, and then I was learning how to screen print much like you were learning how to be a financial advisor. And so like when you're learning something new, there's automatic failures and you learn from failures. So whether it's just the technical, like, how do you make a screen? How, how are you going to put this art on a screen? I mean, if you guys don't know, screen printing is literally like a very tightly wound screen door where ink passes through onto a t-shirt. Yeah. Um, very old school. Yeah. Um, and so like, not only did I want to learn it, I wanted to learn it to be able to teach a trade to um, guys who are in recovery. So, <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, I'm just a creative person. I'm an artist the desire was in me. I remember some nights I was, I mean, you know, I'd wake up at 6am 
um, work my regular job. I'd be out at the basement of Set Free trying to screen print till uh, midnight in like the projects, which wasn't that safe at the time. And I'd be calling Derek and being like, man, I, here's another night where I don't think I figured out screen printing. <laughs> and I'm like, I think I need to like just stay here. And he'd just be like, <laughs> I the his tone of how he said it is always cracks me up. He'd be like, come on home, man. Come on home. And I'd just be like, all right, got to rest. And, you know, that's another thing, too, is like there's nothing wrong with resting. Yeah. You know, that's not quitting, you know. Yeah. Um, that's recovery. Yeah, yeah. Recovery, yeah. yeah. So so nothing wrong with that. No shame in resting. Um, that's not laziness. But, <clears throat> yeah, back to the, the, the passion part. Like that. all that to say is that the passion – kind of fueled that and the passion isn't the passion wasn't i want to you know be a screen printer the passion was you know we felt a divine call and and sometimes maybe you don't know the end game you know it's just like and even if we failed it was like i want to you know i want to make a small impact so one way to test your passion is even in a small way if you're currently making that impact and um you know, I think, like I said earlier, people confuse passion with something they just like to do, but it's really something you like to do almost to the point of, uh, it's going to be painful yeah. and you got to know that Yeah. and you're going to do it anyway. There's pain in it and there's sacrifice in it. And I think that's the real, uh, test of if it's, there's passion in it. It get, passion can get deep. It can yeah. get deep. <laughs> well, and you know, think about it. So if you read an article about what's wrong with the millennial generation, which there's more than enough of those that we can find online. <laughs> if we to, okay. We, uh, we're, we're the favorite punching bag of the media at the moment. Um, the big thing is like, they, they just want to follow their passion. They want to follow their, and I think they're using that definition. Like the people who are writing those articles are using the wrong definition of passion They're, they're yeah. because I, I don't know what it is, but the young people that I know who are truly passionate about something, they're not wishy-washy. Yeah, they're yeah, a hundred percent in. Yeah, on yeah. the mission of what they what they believe in. But mm-hmm. um, I want you to take a step back. You, 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 so you said you were basically, for lack of a better term, living with these people who are homeless, who are in recovery, who are you know you were spending time with them. You're trying sure. to get to know them. Mm-hmm. Sure. So your background, I'm assuming, middle class ish at least in yeah. some capacity. Yeah, I'd say so. Probably not a lot of exposure to that environment. No, I mean, I grew up in a small town in Indiana, 500 folks. So for me, lots of Amish. Yes, lots of Amish, lots of country. Not a lot of people just like you don't see like sidewalks and streets. Yeah. So like any sort of like context of that, you know, when you see someone down and out, it kind of like takes you back. Like you kind of you don't just like gloss over it if, you know, you grew up in a city, not to say that's a negative, but for my, for my story, when I saw that, I'm like, what's wrong with that person? What, what do they yeah. need? What, what's going on? Like, and so just having the, a place to go a set free and then them allowing to have a partnership where we would, you know, they would allow us run our business in their basement while they did their ministry was really cool for me. And also just, um, when I'm out and about in Nashville, um, when set free was, you know, thriving it, it at its biggest point, it was housing 40 men you yeah. know? and they were just very open. And so when I'd go places, I'd be like, Hey man, like, what do you need? What do you need? Do you need a place to stay? 
do you need do you need a, a to change your life right now and that might not be you know i quickly learned that's not where everyone is you yeah. know they might but they might be i lack of a better word stuck where they are yeah um but if you can just i just really enjoyed a tangible way was like here's an offering here's a place for you you know what can i do for you now i mean and in the moment maybe they just need a conversation but it it was i don't know it was meaningful me for me to say look if you want to uh, step up, you can go to this place where you can get a free place to sleep. You can get three meals a day and you can attempt to uh, sort of like enter some sort of recovery, you know? So, so what did you, what did you learn from hearing the stories of those men? I'm sure you learned uh, yeah. a ton, but you know, <laughs> condense, um, a good, condense it into a 45 minute podcast. I think, uh, yeah, hearing, hearing stories of men who are homeless, um, I don't think they're much different than me. Um, I think that, um, you know, we all have a lot of struggles. We could all, you know, you could somewhat see yourself there. Um, I guess I have more compassion Mm. and like, just, there's a lot of, um, addiction isn't, you know, drug addiction usually is like maybe a symptom even of something deeper, you know? Um, or like something put them there, like a divorce. And that led to some sort of like, um, emotional or mental, um, breakdown, you know? Um, and so I think we're all in recovery, like spiritually. (laughs) And, um, you know, I think we're all just children of God and we're all trying, um, our best to connect relationally. And I just think, you know, Sometimes I, we, me and Derek used to use the word mutual transformation, Hmm. you know? And so it's like, it's not about me always like I can give you something, you know? Um, That's just an elitism of like social class or maybe even cultural, especially when we, you know, do mission trips to other countries. I just think that's a very, um, it's not a good um, mind frame to have. But, you know, mutual transformation is like, look, we're just all humans. We're all ready to listen from each other. So I think that's a great lesson. It's like, or that's a great question is like, what did I learn from them? And it's just, um, it's hard to put in words, really. I mean, perspective is something great, but also just like um, compassion or like wondering or kind of seeing like I could be there too. You know? Yeah. But I think that compassion yeah. piece is yeah. so important. And you know, I had a guest on a couple episodes back. She's a life coach, and we talked about how compassion, particularly amongst young men, has been seen as a weak trait. It's this like hmm. cultural lie almost. Interesting. Yeah. Um, and we went into the psychology of that, but when we think of the old school farmer, grandpa, great grandpa, these were these hard nosed yeah. men who worked yeah. like crazy, but were super compassionate and yeah. soft to a degree. Yeah. And and I think if we could all I'm sure you agree on this, but I think if we could all be more compassionate and more caring mm-hmm. to each other, it yeah. would it would be that mutual transformation. Yeah. And I think as men, like, um, I don't know, it's just like we have that, like, go-getter and, like, there's things we want to, like, you know, go after and hunt and pull it home. And, yeah. Um, that's, that's a deer. A, and, yeah, yeah. That takes a little, like, uh, assertiveness. And, you know, I think 
that was the cool part of the grassroots of project 615 is like me and Derek were um, basically had this entrepreneurship social enterprise incubator. And uh, we just, uh, we were in this basement of this church that's fallen apart that was turned into a homeless shelter for men. And it was like, all right, we're going to like, you know, just move forward and proceed and try to make this t-shirt company work. But we're also going to, train men and have compassion and, and, you know, extend a job to those who wouldn't normally get hired. You know, we're also going to, you know, we would lead Bible studies. We would try to lead outreaches where we're on Wednesday nights, we would uh, feed and um, connect with those in the Casey Holmes projects in yeah. Nashville. You know, that's where we started. And so, yeah, compassion kept us humble, but, you know, I think as men, it's like, we can, we all have that desire to like fight for something bigger. Yeah. But so that we can have this big picture that our life's going through, but at the same time, every day we can like love someone in a small way. Yeah. Yeah. I had a, I had a priest uh, that I heard this from. He's an Orthodox priest in Atlanta, Father Barnabas Powell. He said something really impactful, um, you know, talking about how some of those homeless individuals may end up in a situation via divorce or via addiction or, you know, having that desire to do something bigger. And he said, there's nothing wrong with having a big fire. Mm-hmm. The problem is when we don't have a fireplace for our fire. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because then it, yeah. then it goes wild. Yeah. And that, yeah. and that, and obviously the, the point of it is Christ is that fireplace. Right. Yeah. In, in that context. For sure. Yeah. And, um, but I, I like, I like what you said there about, you know, com- staying humble and being compassionate and really driving that mission, mission home. So, um, I mean, what is the future? What one? What does your future look like? What are some of the things? I know. Yeah. Look, I'm not asking yeah. what your five year vision yeah. is for yeah. a job interview, but what? What? Yeah. What, what's when you look forward? What are you excited about? What do you see the future of Project Six One Five being? What are some of the impacts that you guys are trying to do? Yeah. Moving forward. Well, you know, I mean, I think that yeah, we. Uh, it's just you know, there's a lot of different angles to be grateful. And thankful for Project 615. I mean, it's just cool to see the people wearing our T-shirts walking around and uh, Nashville and Tennessee and all over. And, you know, to have the retail stores and people get excited about that. Um, And then, you know, hopefully that grows. Hopefully more retail stores um, as our brand expands, you know, probably around the state and then the southeast and beyond. Um, So that's exciting from just that you know, it's cool, you know, and then, but then the behind the scenes of that is like, you know, every time people are buying a t-shirt, it makes an impact for, you know, the three or four missional hires that we have at a time, or, you know, those guys who were hired, who maybe were living in uh, a homeless shelter or a halfway house. And now they're learning screen printing. Um, You know, that number of guys always varies, but you know, that impact. And of course, um, kind of in the past recent years, um, the, basically the, the campaigns that we've done where the t-shirt, uh, this, a t-shirt will raise money for a few months, a month to three months for, you know, a world changing cause or, so I think that's the future. That's exciting. It's like how much, how can we impact and, I love when the things go, the, the money raised goes to a specific focus cause like the, the children's home or, you know, building wells in Africa 
and stuff like that. So, um, I don't know, like wherever God wants to lead, wherever, um, you know, whatever other organizations we can partner with. Um, and I know that, um, Derek and I went with on a mission trip with sweet sleep, um, another mission, a mission, uh, our ministry here in middle Tennessee a few years back. And that's when we had the vision to we're like, you know what we can, we can create an orphanage, you know, yeah. we can, we can, uh, create a home for kids. And, and I think that that dream, uh, came to fruition <laughs> this past summer, you know, when the, the home in Uganda was built. So I think that stuff is just, you know, really hits home, hits my heart. And like, I feel like what we've created, although I'm not there every day now, like what we've, what Derek, what God has basically built through Derek and I is just going to continue on and hopefully can just uh, keep, you know, lighting the fire for these world changing causes. Yeah. What I love about not just obviously this podcast, but mediums like this in general is there are people who are going to listen to this and the other things that you've done that probably didn't know the story. They get to hear the story that, you know, they may have even looked at it and said, well, that's a cool shirt, but I'm not going to buy it because I don't feel like buying a shirt. Yeah. That <laughs> they're going to now that they know the mission behind it, they're going to say, yeah, I, I do want that shirt. I do want to to if I'm already going to wear clothes, which I'm required to by law, I think, <laughs> uh, I, might, I might as well. Yeah. I might as well wear clothes that that make an impact. Yeah, yeah, um, awesome. But you know, we're, we're we're coming up on time, and and I always ask this question. But if you could go to wide-eyed, bushy-tailed, eighteen-year-old Matt in the thriving metropolis, yeah. where in Indiana or Kentucky? Yeah. No, it was in Indiana. At I was, in, yeah, yeah, yep. just hanging out, hanging out behind a buggy. <laughs> <laughs> on the on the road with a guy yeah. whose beard goes in, down into a pointy yeah. triangle. No mustache. No, yeah, yeah, no mustache. Just straight beard. Um, you know that's their wedding ring, right? Really? If you have a beard in your Amish, that's to prove you're married. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah, no Zach wedding. Zach yeah. Slayball is listening. I know he is. So Zach, you need to grow out a beard. It's a great Amish name too. Slayball. Yes. Slayball. Strong, strong, strong German. Oh his. Yeah. Oh man, what is his dad's name? <laughs> Ezra. I think it's Ezra. Um, sorry if, uh, if I got your dad's name wrong, Zach, anyway, if you could go back to wide eyed, bushy tailed 18 year old Matt, yeah. knowing all that, you know, now, you know, 14 years later, what, yeah. what would you tell him? What advice would you give him? Man, so much to tell him. <laughs> I'd say, sit down, shut up, drink your coffee. No, um, I'd say, you know, um, you need to get focused. You need to, um, you need to pray. You need to ask God for direction. When he tells you what direction, you need to go down that path. Um, I would say failure is a good thing. Mm. As Seth Godin says, if I fail more than you, I win. Okay. <laughs> so that's been a good quote sitting on me lately. Um, I would say um, pain is good uh, in the right context of growth. Um, that's a good sign of passion. Um, yeah, em embrace, I would say embrace the emotion of life mm. and that let, and let that kind of be a guide rather than something that you're afraid of. And uh, yeah, and in, in the, in the similar context, when you're afraid of something, kind of try to figure that out why you're afraid of it. Um, and maybe there's something there more than just avoiding it. Um, 
you know, sometimes if you're afraid of something, you need to avoid it. <laughs> but, yeah. But sometimes there could be something deeper and it could be something you need to do to strengthen you. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just a lot of like tough love, like manly things that I would tell my 18 year old self kind of like buck up and embrace life type things. <laughs> Matt, I'll tell you right now, em- embrace the emotion of life. I'm stealing that and I'm using that all the time. <laughs> okay. That might be the name of my memoir. Or something. That is, yeah. Oh wow. That yeah. is, that is powerful. That's well, awesome. Yeah. There's a, uh, yeah, I think, you know, I think that, I guess, you know, speaking about men, if I can go a little bit longer here, but go for it. yeah, I think we just may try to, avoid our emotions and think that that is a um a weakness yeah but i think there can be a lot of strength found in them in embracing them so 100 yeah. we've got them we've got them for a reason <laughs> yeah. They're, yeah. they're there's a reason they say trust your gut yep, yep. um awesome well matt yep. this has been a pleasure i've really enjoyed getting to know you and hear your story and i'm really glad we got we got introduced through uh through steven but um you know we're coming up on time and i always give the opportunity to just you know, plug whatever you want to plug. How can people follow you? Um, maybe direct them towards the Project 615 social media or page yep. or, or whatever your heart desires. This is your sales pitch, so go for it. Yeah, for sure. So I am currently taking on freelance design and branding jobs um, for startups. And uh, so my portfolio can be found at blinko.design, B L I N C O.design. No.com needed anymore, you know. Mm, yeah. So uh, keep it simple. And then, um, you know, my new uh, kind of labor of love, uh, very local boutique vintage clothing store in East Nashville on Woodland Street. Um, so you're, if you're in Nashville or visiting, come check us out. It's called Relic Vintage. Relic Vintage. Um, so, yeah. So that's kind of just the new endeavor to, you know, practice my marketing skills and and then, of course, freelance design. And then we'll see from there. And, of course, project615.org. Um, if you want to buy, you know, the the coolest new Nashville or Tennessee themed T-shirts. So. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll make sure to put all of that in the in the show notes and, you know, social media presence, et cetera. But, uh, yeah, I'm this. Okay. So, everybody, we're, we're recording this at, <laughs> at 7 a.m. on a Friday. I am so pumped. I could go run through a wall right now. Oh, that's so, good. So, yeah, uh, that maybe like, I need to be a motivational speaker now. Hey, Dang. let's go. I'm, I'm sure there's a, there's a way to, to get it knocked out. Just start cold emailing people and be like, hey, I'm motivational. You want to listen to me? Uh, but everybody who's listening, share the podcast, share the social media following, you know, follow Project 615, follow, follow Matt. Um, go to go check out his portfolio. Um, obviously, you know you got any questions, constructive criticism. That's all. That's the only thing we take. We don't take criticism, just constructive criticism. <laughs> um, any articles you want us to check out? Any anybody you want us to interview? Millennialmanhoodcip at gmail.com or follow us on social media. I've got that in the show listings, and uh, we'll talk to you guys soon.